welcome to episode two of season two of podcast 42. So many number twos. <laughs> and I'm sure this podcast is a load of number two. But no, it's not. This is the podcast that talks about life, the universe, and everything. And welcome back to part two of 42 Palooza, an eclectic and random musical trip. Okay, if you've made it back to part two, thank you for listening to part one. Or if you didn't listen to part one, go and listen to that first. Otherwise, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. So what have I been up to? Well, the hundred days of ukulele songs reached a thundering conclusion. And it's been a welcome journey through music history, as I've said previously. And I definitely played a lot of songs I would never have done before. If you want to see some of those songs and listen to them, go to my YouTube channel, Chriskit, C-H-R-I-S-C-U-I-T. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Yes, I've been watching too many YouTube videos too. <laughs> but since I last recorded part one, I've fled the desert lair to a land bountiful with pork products, cheap alcohol, and into the big city. Yes, I'm in London. Part two comes recorded live from my Covent Garden penthouse. If the Beatles could do it back in January of 1969, then it's good enough for me too. But hopefully the Metropolitan Police won't intervene once I get started. I couldn't actually get on top of the Apple Corps building at number three Savile Row, where the Beatles performed their final, was it their final one? Yeah, I think it was their final performance. But I'm actually only a few streets away from there. I'm also even closer, less than 50 meters, that's about 54.681 yards, for those of you in the colonies, to an equally iconic spot. And also the place where a certain singer's iconic album cover was set. So many iconics there, at least two and another number two. The album in question, Subterranean Homesick Blues. And the album cover is a picture taken of the artist near to the Savoy steps. And I'm actually on the strand, not far from the Savoy at all. I just walked past it this morning. So I'm definitely feeling the music history around here. So let's start with that great man himself. None other, the one and only, Mr. Bob Dylan. So let's go. Welcome to part two of 42 Palooza. So song number six of 42 Palooza. Yes, we did five last time, if you didn't listen to part one. <laughs> so I'm starting a few years before Subterranean Homesick Blues, the Bob Dylan album I just spoke about. But this song is not from that album. This song is from the album The Freewheeling Bob Dylan. Song six is Blowing in the Wind. As I said, written by Bob Dylan in 1962 and released as a single on his album The Freewheeling Bob Dylan in 1963. It has been described as a protest song and poses a series of rhetorical questions about peace, war and freedom. The refrain, the answer my friend is blowing in the wind, has been described as impenetrably ambiguous. Either the answer is so obvious it's right in your face, or the answer is as untangible as the wind. A bit like this podcast. Blowing in the Wind has been recorded by hundreds of artists. The most commercially successful version is by the folk music trio Peter, Paul and Mary, who released the song in June 1963, three weeks after the Freewheeling Bob Dylan was issued. Nothing like jumping on a bandwagon, I guess. A freewheeling bandwagon at that. Albert Grossman, then managing both Dylan and Peter, Paul and Mary, brought the trio the song, which they promptly recorded on a single take and released. The trio's version, which was the title track of their third album, peaked at number two on the Billboard chart behind fingertips by Stevie Wonder, if you're interested. Who else recorded this song? Marlena Dietrich recorded a German version of the song titled Die Antwort Weiss Gannon Allein der Wind. 
which peaked at number 32 in the German charts. Osvai und Dreizig, for those of you listening in Dusseldorf. In Sweden, Tore Lagergren wrote a Swedish version, the same lyrics just in Swedish. It was called Okvinden Gesvar, which translates as Recalling My Schoolboy Swedish and The Wind Gives Answers. And that charted at Svenstoppen for two weeks in 1963, first as recorded by Otto Berndt, Okbepo, great name, peaking at number 8 on October the 12th, and also by Lars Lundahl during November the 9th to the 15th with 6th and 7th position. Bizarre. Both were released on single A-sides in 1963, and this version was also recorded by Sven Ingvars as the B-side of the single Duska Tropa Mage. Hüttebird in Apologies to our listener in Gothenburg. And it also charted at Svenkstoppen in 1970 with Michael Medsalt Ok Pepper. <laughs> what? How many people released this song in Sweden? Anyway, back to the... Back to something else. In 1966, Stevie Wonder recorded his own version, which became a top 10 hit on the Billboard Hot 100, as well as number one in the R&B charts. Back to Bob Dylan. This is much. This is going off the rails. Way too quick. Way too early. <laughs> but Dylan originally wrote and performed a two-verse version of the song. Its first public performance at Gerda's Folk City on April 16, 1962, was recorded and circulated among Dylan collectors. Shortly after this performance, he added the middle verse to the song. Some published versions of the lyrics reverse the order of the second and third verses, apparently because Dylan simply appended the middle verse to his original manuscript, rather than writing out a new copy with the verses in proper order. The song was published for the first time in May 1962 in the sixth issue of Broadside, the magazine founded by Pete Seeger and devoted to topical songs. The theme may have been taken from a passage in Woody Guthrie's autobiography, Bound for Glory, in which Guthrie compared his political sensibility to newspapers blowing in the winds of New York City streets and alleys. Dylan was certainly familiar with Guthrie's work. His reading of it had been a major turning point in his intellectual and political development. In June 1962, the song was published in Sing Out, accompanied by Dylan's comments. I'm not going to do a Bob Dylan accent because I can't. There ain't too much I can say about this song, except that the answer is blowing in the wind. It ain't no book or movie or TV show or discussion group. Man, it's in the wind and it's blowing in the wind. Too many of these hip people are telling me where the answer is, but oh, I won't believe that. I still say it's in the wind. And just like a restless piece of paper, it's got to come down some. And he continued, but the only trouble is that no one picks up the answer when it comes down, so not too many people get to see and know, and then it flies away. I still say that some of the biggest criminals are those that turn their heads away when they see the wrong and know it's wrong. I'm only 21 years old, and I know that there have been too many wars. You people over 21, you're older and smarter. Well, the first half went a bit off the rails. The second half was quite good. Where were we? We're losing the plot already. In 1994, the song was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. In 2004, it was ranked number 14 on Rolling Stone magazine's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Now let's get some tenuous links, shall we? I've rambled enough, and you know I like my bizarre links and tenuousness in my life. So the first line of the song, how many roads must a man walk down? What is the link to podcast 42? Well, if you listened carefully to an episode recently, it's proposed as the ultimate question in the science fiction novel The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, which I've talked about at great length. I guess it could be 42 roads, the answer to life, the universe and everything. Or the M42, maybe. The UK motorway that runs northeast from Bromsgrove in Worcestershire to the southwest of Ashby de la Zouche in Leicestershire. 
Even more tenuous a link is that Ashby Delazouche was the home of Ultimate Play the Game, the Spectrum Games developer that I spoke back on, what, eight, and what? Episode 18 of Season 1. That one was entitled Tangerine Trees and Marmalade Skies. Ironically, the M42 is also the Messier 42, a nebula also called the Orion Nebula. Bear with me, bear with me, we're almost there. Now here we go to complete the circle. Beetlejuice, the star. Three conversations in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. All right, said Ford. How would you react if I said I was not from Guildford after all, but from a small planet somewhere in the vicinity of Beetlejuice? There you go, that's from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Now Betelgeuse is probably the most well-known star in the sky, with the possible exception of Alpha Centauri, Sirius and the Pole Star. It lies in the constellation of Orion. <laughs> there you go, I told you it was tenuous. And at a distance of around 470 light years and is 20 times as massive as our sun. Its name comes from the Arabic Ibt al-Joza, meaning armpit of the central one. True, a reference to Orion himself. We can only speculate about the unflattering names life forms from Beetlejuice might have about our star. And if you really want to go there, Orion Publishing Company published the following books. Life by Keith Richards, remember the stones were in this list at number 5, and Bob Dylan, Keith Richards and Ronnie Wood, and Bob Dylan, Keith Richards and Ronnie Wood, both of the stones, were performing Blowing in the Wind at Live Aid at the John F. Kennedy Stadium in Philadelphia. Unbelievable. Now let's really get another tenuous link, because Bob Dylan's self-titled debut album is also available to buy near here, in a record shop called Sounds of the Universe, 7 Broadwick Street, Soho, London, W1F0DA, in case you're interested. And that's exactly close to where the album cover for Subterranean Homesick Blues was photographed, at the back of the Savoy Hotel, which celebrated its centenary in 1989. Bear with me, bear with me. And in 1989, Bob Dylan's album Everything is Broken was released. We really have done life, the universe, and everything in this episode. Listen back, I did say life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> so yes, the book was Life, yes, by Orion Publishing Company. The record store was The Sounds of the Universe, and the album Everything is Broken. Yes, life, the universe, and everything. I told you it was going to be tenuous. Oh, welcome to the Matrix, everybody. Right, I've got to keep going with this. This is great. In my mind, it's all great. Back to the song. Okay, let's have some fast and furious facts about this song. In 1994, it featured in the film Forrest Gump. Jenny sang the song for a show in a strip club, if you remember the movie, and it was introduced as Bobby Dylan. In 1975, the song was included as poetry in a high school English textbook in Sri Lanka. The textbook caused controversy because it replaced Shakespeare's work with Dylan's. What else about the song? It's been embraced by many liberal churches. In the 1960s and 70s, it was sung both in Catholic church folk masses and as a hymn in Protestant ones. In 1997, Bob Dylan performed three other songs at a Catholic Church Congress. Pope John Paul II was in attendance and told the crowd of some 300,000 young Italian Catholics that the answer was indeed, in the wind. Hmm, papal wind. Ah, but he did say afterwards, not in the wind that blew away things, but rather in the wind of the spirit. Another stoner, I think, John Paul II. Oh, another Pope in 2007, Pope Benedict XVI, who had also been in attendance actually at John Paul II's Mass, wrote that he was uncomfortable with music stars such as Dylan performing in church environment. In 2009, we're almost there, don't worry, Dylan licensed the song and used it as an advertisement for the British consumer-owned cooperative group, 
the Corp claimed that Dylan's decision was influenced by the Corp's high ethical guidelines regarding fair trade and the environment. The Corp, which is owned by about 3 million consumers, is also Britain's largest funeral parlour and farming business. And I think that is way too much nonsense. I'm going to play the song. You'll be pleased to know, or not, depending on your point of view, I guess. <laughs> I promise to keep it much more simple from now on. I give you Blowing in the Wind. not to do any more 11 or 12 minute intros to one song. <laughs> he said, knowing fine well he will. Song 7. Let's go somewhere else. The Avid Brothers. Song, Murder in the City. If you don't know the Avid Brothers, which I didn't until about two years ago, they're an American folk rock band from Concord, North Carolina. The band is made up of two brothers. Scott Avid on banjo, lead vocals, guitar, piano and kick drum, and Seth Avid guitar, lead vocals, piano and hi-hat. They also have Bob Crawford on double bass, electric bass, violin, backing vocals and Joe Kwan on cello and backing vocals, Mike Marsh on drums, Tanya Elizabeth on fiddle and Bonnie Avedrini piano. But they're the touring members of the band. <laughs> 
The Ava Brothers combine bluegrass, country, punk, pop melodies, folk, rock and roll, indie rock, honky tonk and ragtime to produce a novel sound. I actually really like them. I only, as I say, discovered them a couple of years ago. So many good songs with such good lyrics. And Seth and Scott have played their music together since childhood because their grandmother was a concert pianist and their father, Jim Avert, was a guitarist. Their collaborative partnership began in the late 1990s with the merger of Seth's Mount Pleasant High School rock band, Margot, and Scott's college group, Nemo. Margot had released the song Dumb Fight on a compilation album before merging with Nemo. After releasing three albums with Nemo, the Averts started experimenting with acoustic music with some friends at night. After a few street performances and parties, they performed under the names The Back Porch Project or Nemo Downstairs. The brothers and Nemo guitarist John Twomey put together an EP entitled The Avert Brothers in 2000, while performing both as the Avert Brothers with Scott, Seth and John and as Nemo. Confused already. Now I'm not really going to talk about this one too much. I did have a, I did look into the history of the Avert Brothers and there was so much I could talk about them. There was a Carolina Jubilee, Mignonette and Four Thieves Gone, the albums between 2003 and 2006, Emotionalism in 2008, I and Love and You in 2009, which is sensational. I might add. Some great tunes on that. Then there's the, the Carpenter and Magpie and the Dandelion, 2012-2015, True Sadness, and then Closer Than Together, 2016 until the present that it was released. I did I could have spent another 10-20 minutes talking about that, but let's move on. I don't want to get down too many rabbit holes too early. In fact, with this song, let's just play it. I do like this song. And this one's for my sister, if she ever bothers to listen to this. I know she likes this song very, very much. So here we go. Let us share 
our name. Okay, let's continue keeping it a bit folky, shall we? This, this episode's quite a folky episode so far. Song 8, I Will Wait. It's a song by the British band Mumford & Sons. The track was first released in the United States on August the 7th, 2012, as the lead single from the band's second album, Babel. It's their most successful song to date. Surpassing their biggest hits, Little Lion Man and The Cave, it reached the top 10 in New Zealand, Irish, Canadian and Scottish national charts, and was voted into fifth place in the Australian radio Triple J's Hottest 100 of 2012. The song is also playable in the video game Guitar Hero. Oh, Guitar Hero Live that one's on. Ah, that reminds me, Triple J's Hottest 100. That was a staple when I lived in Darwin in Australia and always broadcast on, or at least was broadcast on, from 1989 to 2018, as the 100 most popular songs were counted down from 12pm on Australia Day. When I lived there, it was still Australia Day. Since then, the countdown has been held on the fourth weekend of January, due to increasing controversy about Australia Day regarding its marking of the colonisation of Australia and dispossession of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander land. On the day after Hottest 100, Triple J also plays the Hottest 200, the songs that didn't quite make it to the 100. And that starts at 10am, it's a great day of music on those two days. Anyway, I'm drifting off into politics of, of Australia already, let's not do that. Of course though, there is a tenuous link, it's from the album Babel. And I've talked about Babel before, if you've been paying attention, that's an unbelievable link really. As you'll recall, the Babel fish in episode 21 of this podcast, entitled There Will Be An Answer, the Babel fish which translates millions and millions of languages across the galaxy. So before I disappear down yet another wormhole, let's just play the song, we're moving quickly today. Break my step and relent. Or you forgive? I won't forget. Know what we've seen and him with less. Now in some way, shake the excess. I will wait for you I 
for you So I'll be bold As well as strong And use my head Alongside my heart So take my flesh Fix my eyes A tethered mind Free from lies But I'll kneel down Wait for now I'll kneel down Know my ground tricky in the middle but we got there in the end <laughs> we can't have them all perfect or even nearly perfect seeing as though we moved fastly through those last two let's spend a bit more time on this next song song number nine the penultimate song of 42 palooza part two but there may be some extras you know that song number nine chasing cars a song by the scottish northern irish alternative rock band snow patrol it was released as the second single from their fourth alp studio album eyes open in 2006 wow that long ago it was recorded in 2005 but released in 2006 in the united states and united kingdom the song gained massive popularity in the us after being featured in the second season finale of the popular medical drama Grey's Anatomy, which aired on the 15th of May 2006. Chasing Cars became notable as one of the songs that revealed the impact of legal downloads on single sales in the UK, selling consistently for years after its release. The song is Snow Patrol's biggest selling single to date, ending 2006 as the 14th best single in the UK, and it also had the distinction of being the last song performed live on BBC's Top of the Pops. At the 49th annual Grammy Awards in 2007, Chasing Cars was nominated for the best rock song, and at the 2007 Brit Awards, it was nominated for Best British Single. As of 2019 though, the song has spent 111 weeks in the official UK Top 75, 166 weeks in the Top 100, and had sold over 1 million copies in the UK by October 2013. It has also sold 3,900,000 copies in the US. That was as of January 2015, the stats I looked up at, making it one of the top best-selling rock songs in the digital era. In 2009, UK music licensing body PPL announced that Chasing Cars was the most widely played song of the decade in the UK. Ten years later, it was revealed as the most played song of the 21st century on UK radio. That's incredible. Such a great song. Let's talk more about the song then. Lead singer Gary Lightbody reportedly wrote the song when he became sober after a binge of white wine in the garden of song producer Jack Knifley's Kent Cottage. The song has Lightbody singing a plain melody over sparse guitars, which has an ever-building crescendo. In an interview with Rolling Stone, he said, It's the purest love song that I have ever written. 
There's no knife in the back twist. When I read these lyrics back, I was like, oh, that's weird. All the other love songs I've written have a dark edge. The phrase, chasing cars, came from Lightbody's father in a reference to a girl Lightbody was infatuated with. You're like a dog chasing a car. You'll never catch it, and you wouldn't know what to do with it when you got it. With regards to the definition of the title, the lyrics of the song tells about a man who wants to spend enough time with a woman exclusively. Covers. There have been lots of cover versions of it. It was done by the Baseballs for their re-released album Strike Back. A trance version of the song was remixed by Blake Jarrell and Topher Jones. Tim McGraw, Faith Hill have covered the song during their 2007 leg of their Soul to Soul tour. Who else has done it? Kate Ciparano in 2008. Voice Avenue in 2009. Ed Sheeran did a version in 2014. Actually, I think that's the version I'm, I might play. In popular culture though, the song was featured in the 2016 documentary Holy Hell about the 1980s West Hollywood cult Budderfield and its allegedly manipulative and abusive leader. The song plays on towards the end of the documentary as ex-members of the cult are seen dancing in a field while crying. Talking of Ed Sheeran's version, in his song All of the Stars, it actually referenced the song Chasing Cars. And one of my favourite uses of the song is in a 2007 episode of Gavin and Stacey in which the two main characters marry. For those of you in the colonies, if you haven't seen Gavin and Stacey, I highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it in the UK either, or anywhere else in the world, I'd recommend it. You may need subtitles though for some of the accents. I must admit though, for all the cover versions, my favourite version of this song is when I actually went to see Snow Patrol live at the Union Chapel in London. I believe I spoke about this previously, but if you use Spotify, there's a version of it on there. Just search for Snow Patrol live at the Union Chapel. I was at the performance, I've seen, I'd seen them previously in large venues in front of thousands of people, such as the O2 Arena in London, but this was intimate and something special, and it was in aid of the Mencap Little Noise Sessions. Always difficult to get tickets, but for a worthy cause you see some unbelievable artists, usually doing something special. A similar concert I went to was for the Mencap Sessions was with Roger Daltrey, Paul Weller, Ronnie Wood, Stevie Winwood, and Kelly Jones from Stereophonics, all on the stage at the same time. Incredible time. But the Snow Patrol version was in November of 2007. When Snow Patrol appeared, Gary Lightbody was framed in a beam of light as the white tie tucked in his black shirt made him look like a vicar's collar. But he seemed freaked out to be in a place of worship, claiming he's never been to one before. I don't want to bring the rest of you to hell with me, he cautions, after yet another burst of inadvertent mild blasphemy. But funnier and more personable than on record, he dug deep in the band's songbook for this special show. The drug-addled excuses to a raging girlfriend on how to be dead. I haven't made as many mistakes as you've listed so far in the lyrics of that song. It was followed by The Obscurity from their first album, a self-described teen poetry of 15 minutes old, and the rarely played, diffidently conversational You Could Be Happy. But for all of Lightbody's discomfort with the religious side of things, the chasing cars began as a hymnal Hebrew dirge before building into glistening pop. In the neon light, the crowd looked like a rapt congregation. Run, their most intentional album, is then reduced to be slowed melancholy of cello and voice. Snow Patrol's success to some remains an inexplicable wonder, but on this night, they did themselves and the cause justice. Look for all of those songs they played. As I said, the men cap little noise sessions. Those sessions continued up until 2014, were hosted by Joe Wiley. Some amazing acoustic and eclectic sessions for sure, and always worth a look. Artists such as Jake Bug, Elbow, Goldfrap, Kasabian, Keen, Adele did some, Noel Gallagher did it, and also Damien Rice. Oh, let's put one of his songs on the list too. Maybe I'll try and do Cannonball after I've done Chasing Cars. I do like that song. Digressing again, these little noise sessions were so good. Many, many great artists in small, intimate venues that you would never normally see. I really don't think that would be possible if I was honest anymore in, in modern music, but I like to think the real musicians would love to do this kind of thing to show off their talents. 
and especially for a good cause, the Royal Mencap Society, that's a charity based in the United Kingdom and works with people with a learning disability. Actually, that charity was established by Judy Fried in 1946 as the National Association of Parents of Backwards Children. The organisation changed its name to the National Society for Mentally Handicapped Children in 1955, becoming the Royal Society for Mentally Handicapped Children and Adults following patronage from Queen Elizabeth the Queen Mother and then Elizabeth II in 1981. Check out www.mencap.org.uk and get more details on there. I wouldn't normally push things like that, but I think that's a good one. Okay, let's play Chasing Cars. And then maybe, just maybe, I'll add Cannonball afterwards, if I'm capable. Capable of a Cannonball. Oh dear, <laughs> get on with it. Here we go. Oh 
They're all that I can see Oh, if I lay here If I just lay here Would you lie with me And just forget the world By no means perfect But okay Okay, as promised, let's continue with Cannonball. Extra song, always good. <laughs> home leg now song number 10 common people by pulp the english alternative rock band pulp released in may 1995 wow 25 years ago it was the single off their fifth studio album different class a fantastic album go get it go listen to it 
It reached number two on the UK singles charts, becoming a defining track of the Britpop movement and Pulp's signature song in the process. In 2014, BBC Radio 6 music listeners voted it their favourite Britpop song in an online poll. In a 2015 Rolling Stone readers poll, it was voted the greatest Britpop song. The song is a critique on those who were perceived as wanting to be like common people and who ascribe glamour to poverty. The phenomenon is referred to as slumming or class tourism. The song was written by band members Jarvis Cocker, Nick Banks, Candida Doyle, Steve Mackey and Russell Senior. Cocker had conceived the song after meeting a Greek art student while studying at the Central St Martins College of Art and Design in London. The college and the student feature in the lyrics. He came up with a tune on a Casio tone keyboard he'd bought in a music store in Notting Hill, West London. Not far from here, again. It was written about the song that Common People was typical pulp. A biting satire of posh people roughing it and acting like tourists by hanging with the common people. Jarvis delivered the scathing put down with glee, an iconic music video featuring actress Sadie Frost as the posho on the receiving end of Jarvis's acid tongue. Pulp first performed the song in public during the band's set at the Reading Festival in August 1994. A year later they performed it at the Glastonbury Festival as the headline act. It's been covered by many artists since. A lot of these songs are covered by other people. In 2004, a Ben Folds produced William Shatner cover, yes, that William Shatner, brought common people to new audiences outside of Europe. <laughs> As he said though, the idea for the song's lyrics came from a Greek art student, which Jarvis Cocker met while he was studying. He actually spoke about the song's inspiration to Enemy in 2013. I'd met the girl from the song many years before when I was at St. Martin's College. I met her on a sculpture course, but at St. Martin's she had to do a thing called Crossover Fortnite, where you had to do another discipline for a couple of weeks. I was studying film, and she might have been doing painting or something, but we both decided to do sculpture for two weeks. I don't know any of him. It would have been around 1988, so it was already ancient history when I wrote about her. A BBC Three documentary failed to locate the woman when Cocker stated could have been in any fine art course, but that sculpture sounded better. <laughs> The lyrics were in part a response by Cocker, who usually focused on the introspective and emotional aspects of pop, to more politically minded members of the band, like Russell Senior. Furthermore, Cocker felt that slumming was becoming a dominant theme in popular culture, and this contributed to the single's rushed release. Cocker said, It seemed to be in the air, that kind of patronising social voyeurism. I felt that of Parklife, for example, or Natural Born Killers. There is that noble, savage notion, but if we walk around a council estate, there's plenty of savagery and not much nobility going on. Moving a few years on, in 2015, a Greek newspaper, Athens Voice, suggested that the woman who inspired the song is Dane Stratou, wife of Yanis Varoufakis, Varoufakis? Van Yanis Varoufakis, a former Greek finance minister. Stratou studied at St. Martin's between 1983 and 1988, and is the eldest daughter of a wealthy Greek businessman. They actually contacted Stratou, who replied that, I think the only person who knows for whom the song was written is Jarvis himself. She probably wanted to distance herself from the common people by then. Anyway, enough rambling, let's get on with it. Pulp Common People. She came from Greece, she had a thirst for knowledge. Studied sculpture at St. Martin's College, that's where I caught her eye. She told me that her dad was loaded. In that case, I'll have rum and coke, she said, fine And in 30 seconds time, she said I want to live like common people want to do whatever common people do want to sleep with common people want to sleep with common people like you 
What else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do. I took it to the supermarket. I don't know why, but I had to start it somewhere. So it started there. I said, pretend you've got no money. And she just laughed and said, you're so funny. I said, yeah, but I can't see anybody else smiling in here. Are you sure? You wanna live like common people You wanna see whatever common people see You wanna sleep with common people You wanna sleep with common people like me But she didn't understand She just smiled and held my hand Rent a flat above a shop Get your hair and get a job Smoke some fags and play some pool Pretend you never went to school but you'll never get it right Cause when you're laid in bed at night Watching roaches climb the wall If you called your daddy, could stop it all You never live like common oh, You never live like common people You never do whatever common people do You never fail like common people You never watch your life slide out of you Dance and drink and screw Cause there's nothing else to do common people, sing along and it might just get you through, laugh along with the common people, laugh along even though they're laughing at you, and the stupid things that you do, cause you think the poor is cool, like a dog lying in the corner, they'll bite you and never want you look out, they'll tear your insides out, cause everybody hates a tourist, especially one that thinks it's all such a laugh. Chip stains and grease will come out in the bath, not the bath, the bath. <laughs> Never understand how it feels to live your life with no meaning or control, with no one left to go. You're amazed that they exist, and they burn so bright while you can only wonder why. Rent a flat above a shop, cut your hair and get a job. Play some bags and play some pool. Pretend you never went to school, but you'll never get it right. Cause when you're laid in bed at night, watching roaches climb the wall, you called your daddy, could stop it all. You never live like common people, you never do whatever common people do, never fail like common people, never watch your life slide out of you. And dance and drink and screw, cause there's nothing else to do. Just one more. Let's have song number 11. We've saved the best for last. One of my all-time favourite bands, which regularly get mentioned on this podcast. I've seen them in Leeds, United Kingdom. I've seen them in Brisbane, Australia. I've seen them in Dubai, strangely enough. The last time was in Edinburgh. I actually met the lead singer, Tim Booth, outside the gig. A excellent guy, great, great frontman. Who am I talking about? A band that are always great live. The one, the only, James. If you don't know James, I'll educate you a bit about them. <laughs> this is very self-indulgent, but I do like them. For the final song of 42 Palooza, I've chosen Out To Get You. For me, this song is sheer poetry. It's the opening track on Laid, the fifth studio album 
by James. It was released on 27th of September 1993 and was the first of several collaborations between the group and Brian Eno, who produced all but one of the album's tracks. They admitted that Eno didn't like the song, one of the three or so they recorded it when he took the day off. The sessions also resulted in the experimental Wah Wah album. Shortly after their last album release, James reached the end of the contract and Tim Booth announced he was leaving the band, I think this was 2002, to concentrate on other projects in his own town. But fast forward to 2007 and I witnessed them at Brixton Academy for a long overdue reunion concert and they've been going ever since. They've always said they will perform and tour until they no longer enjoy it. Therefore, when you go and see them, the set list is also made up on the moment. It's what they want to perform at the time. Such classics that people consider their bread and butter songs like Sit Down, I've rarely heard that live. They don't choose to do that, they choose to do what the music they like is at the time. It's great, it really is, because you never know what you're going to get at a concert, and it's always good. There are some songs that they always do, or they seem to always do, in my view. Things like Tomorrow and Sometimes, Sometimes is when you get the whole audience singing it, it's a great song. But they do have so many anthemic hits, such as Sit Down, Laid, for example, is another one. But even though James have such an iconic and extensive discography, they have so many tunes that they can play. They've even managed to reinvent themselves. Well, not reinvent themselves even. They've just generally continued to produce some amazing music over the years. The more recent La Petite Mort is a real insight into the band's psyche for sure. As are many of their previous works, the music seems to develop as they age as well. For example, the tracks on La Petite Mort were influenced by the deaths of frontman Tim Booth's mother and also his best friend Gabriella Roth. It included much more pianos and keyboards, drawing comparison to Elbow or Coldplay, while some of the guitar parts were compared to Muse. The album reached number 11 in the UK and to number 22 in Portugal, a bit off the wall, but received many favourable responses from music critics. In fact, the music videos for Moving On and All I'm Saying are very good and were nominated for various awards, with the latter actually winning one for Best Picture. The subsequent album was Girl at the End of the World, and that nearly knocked Adele's album 25 in 2015 off the top of the UK albums charts. It didn't quite reach number two, it reached number one in the midweek charts of its first week of release, 2,000 units ahead of Adele. But by the end of the week, Adele had taken the top spot. But to get number two for a band such as James was quite a big thing. It did, however, reach number one in Scotland. And you've got to love the jocks for that one. Actually, for Girl of the End of the World, it was the 14th studio album by the band. The group had spent three weeks in the Scottish Highlands working on the new material, re-enlisting producer Max Dingle, who produced the group's previous album, La Petite Mort. James spent five months, May to September 2015, recording in separate blocks. Longtime collaborator Brian Eno and former member Adrian Oxall contributed instrumentation to the sessions. And before the album's released, music videos were released for To My Surprise and Nothing But Love. Nothing But Love was the main single from the album, released on the 1st of March 2016. Preceded by the second single, Attention, and Girl at the End of the World reprised La Petite Mort's electronic-centred songs and dance rhythm sections. Tim Booth is a great dancer when he's on stage. For a guy who must be pushing 60 now, he's definitely doing a good job still. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's play some jams. It's about time. larger than when I was small Lost in memories, lost in all the sheets and old pillows So alone tonight, miss you more than I will let you know Miss the outline of your back 
some more gems why not i've got time <laughs> if you made it this far you're doing well trust me let's have a bit of getting away with it Getting away with it all messed up Getting away with it all messed up 
still drinks his weight He drinks like Richard Burton Dance like John Travolta now Daniel saving grace He was all but drowning Now they live like dolphins Getting away with it all messed up Getting away with it all messed up It's the living Getting away with it all messed up Getting away with it all messed up It's the living Getting away with it all messed up Getting away with it all messed up That's the living It's the living <laughs> That's a good version, I like that So self-indulgent, I apologise but I like these songs Okay, let's throw one more in before the police come and arrest me <laughs> This is a song called Tomorrow. I'm going to finish on this. Thank you for listening to this. It's been an adventure for me again. And I hope you've made it this far. Because you have. Thank you very much. Don't forget, check my YouTube channel, Chriscuit, C-H-R-I-S-C-U-I-T, for more rubbish on there. <laughs> oh, I'm also going to start the 25 Days of Christmas songs. More, more for you to listen to. Anyway, I'm not going to say anything more after this. Let's finish with Tomorrow by James.
doctor, what is happening to me? Palpitations, my mind's diseased, even my vision is impaired. I'm losing my hair. So when I hold her in my arms, I feel like Fred Astaire. Doctor, what is happening to me? Palpitations, my mind's diseased, but my vision is impaired. I'm losing my hair. It's when I hold her in my arms, I feel like Fred Astaire. Temperature's high Just met a girl Who believes we can fly And then I'm a millionaire <laughs> Cause when I hold her Cause when I hold her in my arm I feel like Fred Astaire I said I believe in happiness I believe in love I believe she felt worth From somewhere high above I believe in Hollywood Don't believe that love must bring despair Cause when I hold her in my arms I just like Fred Astaire He said love is just a disease A plague These days, no one believes Meteors may strike the earth, nations live and die Oh, I'm the guy who got the girl, and now I'm gonna fly We can cross the race divide, bridge you grab that wasn't really there Cause when I hold her in my charm, I'm just like Fred Astaire Just like Fred Astaire